0: Welcome to a special two-part episode of Silence Story. First, I call up Killian Pender, and we talk about Dwight Howard and what the hell is going on with Dwight, if it's real or not. And then we talk about the NBA. Twenty games in, we know what's legit, what's fake. Lots of storylines going down. It's been a crazy season already. I don't think we've seen anything like this. And then we break down the college football scenarios: Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. UCF and why UCF has no shot of getting into the college football playoffs no matter what happens. And then, I'm joined by Rob Pozzola. Rob's a professional sports better. He's an expert, one of the best in the biz. He was cool enough to come onto the podcast and discuss how he came up in the business, how he makes his bets, what he looks for. and kind of just gave me a quick rundown, background of what he does. We also talked about the Toronto Raptors and why he thinks Kawhi Leonard will be in a Lakers uniform next year. Also talked about his Cowboys, who's on a roll now. And I won't be surprised if the Cowboys beat the Saints on Thursday night. Just has the potential for a weird game. Got some weird vibes. Give Rob a follow on Twitter, at Rob Pizzola. You won't be disappointed. Make some money, just like I did this past weekend. Enjoy the episode, but first, everyone's favorite, ASAP Rocky. The weather's so
1: chill, chilly, willy really penguin feather road. Cause I'm sipping pro. Yeah, that met this pro, pro met zine. Yeah, stepping stone. Oh, they acting up. Get your weapons wrong. They only killin' time. Another second gone. I heard your man at home. Now you melatonin, but you actin' young.
0: and you hella grown <laughs> Right. Just deep dive into a couple topics here. So let's get started with Dwight Howard. Tell me what's going on with your boy. Why is this happening
1: first? I'm not sure why that's my boy.
0: You're always but... right in that dude.
1: No, I just say he's all of famer. I think it's pretty clear. I mean multiple times defensive player of the year took that team to the finals plus a block What he did on the court is enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how they throw away throw out because again, we go to the Yao thing a yeah. hundred times but um I think he's the typical story of that suppressed kid, always in the church, blah, bar. It's like the suppressed life leads to odd behavior, just trying out things, like that article you sent. Yeah. I mean, I think about, you think about like everybody said, like, oh, the Catholic school girls, let's see what's up with them type <laughs> thing. And I think it's the same thing. So I think he goes out there and does weird stuff. I mean, he has five kids and five baby moms. Right. It, it's like, He's on seven teams in like nine seasons, so I mean,
0: I mean, dude, he had a he had a kid in every stop. He had one in Florida, two in LA, two mm-hmm. in Houston, all in a span of six years. But why? Why is this happening? Why? What happened to him? He was so well liked. He's loved by everyone, I, and now he's just. But
1: I, I think like that article you went to. Um, he's not liked by his peers.
0: Yeah, like, his like peers he's not respect. He's them. a loner. Why is that?
1: Is it I think. Corny? Just, no, I think, it's, I think it's that background. Like he said, like, oh, I want to make the logo with the crucifix and all that stuff. It's like you alienate a lot of guys like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like for a good amount of time for his career, he was probably the best defensive player and a leader on the team, MVP candidate. Yeah. But like nobody wanted to hang out with him. And when you're on the road all the time, you can't really develop a family right. and whatnot. What you need those guys. And those guys just weren't riding with him. So he just started doing this. I mean, I think everybody would say he's kind of a weird guy. And with this one, he might've took it to the next level. (laughs) Wait, do you believe this story or no? This story, I believe because you believe um, this because the Simmons name came up again. Again, the, the, um transgender lady that brought up the story mm-hmm. has a history of making up things, but right. it seemed pretty damning. It, it really did seem pretty damning. It seemed a little more evidence on this front, and they posted, because the Pastor Simmons from the article from 17 is the same Pastor Simmons that was in the Twitter thread and whatnot. And the thing is, it's one of those things. Joke's greater than facts, so I don't even know if anybody would fact-check, because they love the jokes from it, Yeah, but it, it seems pretty damning to me. I mean, what evidence and, is there?
0: The, There's that... F-
1: I, I thought the I thought the call sounded legit to me.
0: Okay, so I didn't listen to that. Because,
1: of course, they're trying to... Yeah. Oh, it's a long thread. It's like a 25-tweet thread that you probably didn't see. Oh, I didn't know so, that. So, yeah, so my thing... But, the, like, the person who outed him is known for making up stuff. So, mm-hmm. make no mistake about that. But at the same time, it seemed pretty damning. But at the same... But, again, I don't want to be, like, the social justice warrior type guy. But, I mean, who somebody want to have sex with is their business. You right, know? right. I, I mean, but that – do, that...
0: How does that go in the locker room today, in the NBA locker oh, room? Oh, it,
1: it is bad. Right. In the NBA locker room, NBA, NFL locker rooms, that's bad. That
0: doesn't work, And right? but,
1: but But at this point, it's like he's such a vet. Does that really matter? Like, he's been given shit for everything else. Does that really matter?
0: In that Washington locker room, how does that play out with those personalities?
1: But you got to think, he's like the fourth biggest topic that's going on right now.
0: Yeah, that's kind of true. I mean, do you think they're talking about this in the locker room, or is it kind of just like, let's...
1: Oh, I think think, they have to be. Unless he has, like, some stone cold evidence that it's not true, they have to be. Okay. In some sense.
0: So, if this isn't true... Why Dwight Howard? Why does it have to be him?
1: Easy target. Because you know you don't got a whole bunch of people standing for him to protect him. Yeah. So I I think easy target. Because if it's like LeBron, you got to come ironclad with that. Right.
0: I I can't believe you think it's real. I think it's all made up.
1: (laughs) I think it's real. I think it kind of goes to your question. Like, why Dwight? Like, why else pick Dwight Howard?
0: Yeah, and if there's one guy that would get caught, it would be Dwight Howard, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's just a strange cat. But I think it's that suppressed life. And I won't get too deep in it, but I think a lot of the Catholic Church problems is the same type of thing. Suppressed life, you start doing strange things.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, the, I was reading and said, in 2008, he had more endorsement deals than LeBron. He went from mm-hmm. Gatorade, Vitamin Water, McDonald's, Adidas, Kia, T-Mobile, to now a sneaker deal with a Chinese company called Peck. And he racked up 3.1 million All-Star votes,
1: most ever, and here he is now. Yeah, the most ever thing blew my mind. That's unbelievable. That, that, that part, especially like with Yao and stuff like that, that blew my mind. But it's like a depressed position at the same time. I wanted to put some caveats out there, but that still blew my mind.
0: Yeah, like how, and now here we are. He's like the laughing stock. Nobody wants him. And it's kind of just sad that his career is turning out like this.
1: I, I mean, see, it's one of those things. It's always hard to be sad for the millionaire or whatever. But, right. it's, but still coming down sucks coming down. But, I mean, he's playing a game, you know? Yeah. Live a, a good life to most people's standards. That we know. A of. couple of weird things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A couple weird things. and But the... I mean, the kids and all that stuff, it starts getting wonky, how you think about that. But, I mean, five kids, five baby moms. I'm like, come six on, years. Come on,
0: dude. <laughs> I, yeah, it is funny that this isn't even one of the top things talked about in that Washington locker room. But, mm-hmm. So, we're about 20 games into this NBA season. What's legit to you? What's real?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I have to say that it seems to me like the Celtics have to do something.
0: That's real to
1: I, you? I, I think they have to do something because the offense is so bad because last night they're like, oh, we got a big win against the Pelicans. So, the thing about the Pelicans game is like they just shot really well. Mm-hmm. And that might, it might honestly, they might have been helped because Jalen Brown was out. So, you don't have somebody taking bad shots and you have one of those pieces gone so you don't have to find the minutes and everything else. But, I, I I mean, it doesn't seem like they have much of an offensive identity. They're not a good offensive team, you told, and you got to be able to put up points.
0: You told me if they don't make a move, they're going to win less than 40
1: games. I said 40, so okay. give me a little bit of room, maybe 43 or something.
0: So you so 500 with this team?
1: Yeah, I I think it's one of those things like the some of the parts is less than the individual pieces.
0: I mean, doesn't this always happen though? There's one team that just just take some time and then they're gonna rip
1: out maybe but again i probably watched four or five games and mm. i think hayward is still scared of that injury right i think that's a big thing he's calling for a screen every freaking play he wants to do something he's scared of that injury uh, Kyrie is not a facilitator he plays point guard because he has a handle he's not a facilitator Yeah. like i saw him. he's averaging two point something free throws a game it's like this you can't your main penetrator can't get to the line. You're gonna have a problem. They shot ten free throws last night. The what saved them is they shot forty seven percent from three. You shoot forty seven percent from three, you're gonna lose very few games. Yeah.
0: I, I mean I just I don't know what it is with Kyrie. He's had one or two games, but it seems like he's just out of it, man. He's not plugged I, in all the way.
1: I just don't think he had a fit. because I think that thing over the summer where Gordon Hayward said like he was kinda hoping they lost like little weird stuff like that. Like what do yeah. you think? Yeah, and he's there?
0: been he's been throwing out little jabs, like little veteran jabs yeah. and the whole Marcus Smart thing, so I don't know what's going on there.
1: I mean, I just know when Kyrie Irving is your best player, you can't have like the twenty fifth best offense in the
0: league. Yeah, no and with Tatum and uh yeah,
1: you, you just can't.
0: Yeah. My legit thing is Luka Doncic, man. That kid is legit there we go. and like I don't know what the hell the Kings were thinking, skipping out mm-hmm. on two for Bagley.
1: And the freaking Hawks. Trading. And the Hawks.
0: And giving up a first round to take Trey Young. I know the whole culture thing about they wanted Trey Young to represent Atlanta City, but you don't think Doncic could have got that going with how he's playing right now?
1: I would imagine, but I don't know how much he fits in in Atlanta. Yeah. That's probably a bigger question.
0: He's got that swag to him.
1: I mean, I... Atlanta is a very it black is. city. I, yeah. don't, I don't know how much buy-in they would have with him. But, no, I mean, that kid been playing against adults for the, since he was 15. Mm. So, I mean, he you knew he like, he basically had a very, very, very high floor. Nobody knew what his ceiling was, right. but, I mean, he's looking good. Yeah, and my
0: last legit thing, Toronto Raptors are the best team in the East. What do you think about
1: that? I mean, I think that – I, I like the Bucks. Yeah. I really, really like the Bucs. I said that from, from the beginning because yeah, they have a coach, a real coach now. Giannis getting a little bit better. Uh, the thing is, I think what's more damning about Giannis than the jump shot is creating for others. Mm-hmm. For somebody to have the ball in their hands that much, you probably need to create a little more for others. But I, 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 I'm a Giannis guy.
0: It's just crazy I'm, how much a coach can do for your team
1: yeah like, i mean it's just somebody who could say go somewhere and it makes sense mm-hmm. but what i think is illegitimate okay. is the goddamn clippers
0: yeah i'm, I, a, I don't, I'm on I don't record saying that. if they finish first in the west i would eat a goddamn live snail
1: i mean because you because it's not finish, gonna happen yeah you could say whatever you want you could say you'll Empty your bank account and put it on red. You can say whatever you want.
0: Cause it's not. I'm so sick of this Clippers crap. Like they're gonna die out. It's not gonna happen.
1: I mean, it's the same with the Kings juju at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's the same it's thing. Gonna play out. Don't be wrong. I finally watched the game, and SGA is fun. SGA yeah, is, is fun. But and I've always been a Lou Will guy. I love Lou Will. That's the ultimate spark plug. Yeah.
0: Man, that was bad.
1: I I, I I don't know why the Cavs are winning, but they might protect my my <laughs> over pick. They might protect it,
0: dude. So when I watched the Cavs Lakers game, I dude Sexton I was not impressed. That kid looks like a kid that does not play basketball. But you didn't been, watch it,
1: You haven't watched enough games.
0: I, I have watched that one game of that Cavs, and I was like, what the hell is he doing? He had the ball in his hand so much, and he did not and, impress me
1: at all. And and they pushed the Lakers.
0: Yeah, they did, but Sexton didn't do anything.
1: They pushed the Lakers, and he was the primary ball handler. And there's no Kevin Love, so I I don't think we watched the same game. Oh my
0: god, he was just dribbling, dribbling. All right, that my fake thing was the Clippers, but how about all this talk about the Warriors are blowing up, and here we are a week later, back in first place, back where they belong.
1: No, I I just I just think the bottom line is the West is a lot of funky stuff going on, and Steph is the system. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, Kevin Durant was the cherry on top of Steph. It's the system.
0: Yeah, and here comes Steph coming back. Here comes Draymond, and then here comes Boogie after Christmas. I'm reading.
1: Yeah, I mean that is. I I mean there's just no reason to rush him. So yeah, I I I don't know if I believe in that timeline, but it's just a bonus. He's not he's not gonna play more than 15, 20 minutes a game anyway. Real quick, that
0: Steph accent. Thank God he's okay, but. Something happened. Is that an all-time what-if moment? If something happens there,
1: like he got like out if, for if his he, career,
0: yeah. If something bad happened, like what? I mean,
1: I, I I still think the ultimate what-if is like limb Bias, but mm-hmm. outside of that, outside of that, it's like the pennies. That I mean, he's done enough that it wouldn't be an ultimate what-if, but it's definitely. Tremendously detrimental to see what he could have done. Yeah, but I don't think it's the ultimate "what if" now because he's done too much.
0: I, it's man, it's scary
1: though, man. Two MVPs and everything—he's done too much.
0: I was reading on Twitter. Chris Palmer said Steph's a top five guy of all time already.
1: Yeah, Did I you mean, see I think that? That's ludicrous. That I, is I ludicrous, saw that. Right? It, it, like even point guards—he's. Uh, but honestly, I, I, I have been thinking about him being the second best point guard ever. I really have been thinking about that because yeah. he's not he's he doesn't have the career of magic yet, but outside of magic, what point guard? I I think he's better than Isaiah Thomas.
0: Yeah, I I don't yeah. really know Isaiah, but I can't imagine him being better than this dude.
1: I I and the thing is, like, I'm a Steph fan. I'm not a Warriors fan, but I am a Steph fan. I mean, because what he what he, he changed the game. You know, here's the thing. He, he changed. Yeah, the the Steph have any haters? Honestly. Not really, because Steph, Steph, you could look at Steph and say, I could do that. You know, people think if you could work hard enough, you could be Steph Curry. I don't think I, it's true. But you think it's that? that? I don't I don't think it's that. I, I think it's I, just the way he plays. Because LeBron James, like, looking at LeBron James, like, oh, I could never look like that. So I'm out. Yeah, you but know? as a
0: kid, you're not thinking that.
1: I, I think as a kid, you're like, oh, I might as well settle in to be the Steph Curry type because I can't be the LeBron type. I'm talking about a kid is starting like high school, starting to figure out what he wants to do, like a uh, elite basketball player. They're like, I, I got a better chance to be a Steph than I do LeBron.
0: Do you think? you think kids are really thinking that in high school, dude?
1: Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. All these guys thinking about the league, and that's what that little small conversation I was having about AU basketball. They're reclassing and mm. stuff like that because, like, <laughs> you—that's ludicrous in yo, itself, yo, but. I think that every man thinks like, "Oh, I could go in my backyard and hit threes. but you're not about to be dunking on people. You're not about to be bullying people like that. That's just not what you could do. You're like, "Oh, if I could work hard enough, I could shoot well." Mm-hmm. You you can't be gifted with because Steph's not gifted with an incredible body by any means.
0: So, are we about are we entering a phase where it's going to be Steph's league? It's been LeBron's league for however long. Are I we? Mean, are a, we slowly? According in it?
1: to ESPN, according to ESPN, that happened years ago.
0: But that it hasn't happened yet. Do you think? It I has? never
1: thought it. Ha- I I never thought it happened. No, it's still LeBron's um, league. I think I think it's still LeBron's league. And Lord forbid the Lakers win anything, it's gonna make it exponentially worse. Right? Lakers losing the conference fi- finals or something crazy like that, then I mean, LeBron did what he came to do year one with no help. No. Help. Cause, yeah, I say no help. Because the thing is, like, the Lakers have one person that could start on the Warriors. Yeah, one guy. Yeah, that's I mean, it.
0: every team has one guy that could start on the Warriors.
1: No, no, very few teams have one guy that could start on the Warriors. If you ask me,
0: yeah, I'm saying every team has one or less guy that could start on the Warriors.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I, just, I honestly, I, I don't like the Lake. I mean, the fact that Tyson Chandler had to come and save something—that's. That's that's a problem.
0: Oh my god, he ain't seen that's a nothing. Problem. They're they're rolling.
1: He saved about four or five games. He I don't did. Know he did. Would you watch him?
0: He did, but he didn't. It, it, they started off the season. I mean, they weren't gonna be fine, but Tyson, looks, yeah, you know, just what I mean? more and
1: more. I watch Brandon Ingram. The more and more I'm out, Oh, man. And it might just be a bad fit with LeBron. It might be simple as that. But the more and more I'm out.
0: Here's my thing. I've always been an Ingram guy,
1: and. I
0: and I know his body language is kind of whatever. He's always just seems out of it. He's kind of got that T Mac, whatever. But yeah, this year it's just it looks like he doesn't even want to play. Every time LeBron has the ball, I just see him head down, just walk mm-hmm. to the corner, and it's just kind of like, where this is the year I need to see from Ebi. So and
1: I don't like to play the body language game, but like Kuzma is a better fit with LeBron. Yeah, and stuff like he's. It's just like with LeBron's on the court, just get to the spots. Yeah. You get to the spots, you're going to get the rock?
0: I don't know. He always starts off slow, so we'll see with Ingram.
1: But I, I, I think Lonzo has shown some good flashes. i would be honest.
0: No, he has, guy. and he's been aggressive. All right. Over, under, half an all-star game. Brandon Ingram and Lonzo. Combined? Combined. You think one of them is going to make an all-star over, team? Over,
1: over, over. Who? I don't know, but I know one of them going to make an all-star team at some point. I, I'm not super out on Lonzo being an all-star ever. Because you got to think this whole – he's so – because, like, these people have been in the league for a while. So you got to think Lonzo yeah. – He hasn't even played 82 Lon- games yet. Exactly. So, I, I mean, he got time. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's crazy to think that. And I think Brandon Ingram going to have that year where he averaged 25 or something. It might be on a terrible team, but he's going to have that year he averaged yeah. 25, 28, something stupid like that. Because the man could get buckets. Mm-hmm. I just unsure if you could get buckets with LeBron on the team.
0: Yeah, we just gotta stay patient with them. But let's jump into college football. You got anything else NBA wise?
1: No, nah, I mean, I I, I always like to play the early MVP guy, but i like I was for sure saying Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. But now I see like how bad the Pelicans are without AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, AD's my guy. I, I think AD is the best player in the NBA right now.
0: But it's so. Here's the thing: it's never that it's the MVP never comes down to which who's the most valuable guy, and it's ridiculous. It doesn't. It's always a storyline. But and I think it's too early. We don't have that storyline
1: yet. But uh, it'd say AD sits out twenty games all year, and they're god awful without AD, and they have a great record with them. That's the kind. That's a storyline in itself.
0: If AD doesn't play twenty years, he's out of New Orleans. He's getting traded. (laughs) I'll tell you that right (laughs) now. That, that thing is a done deal. All right, let's move on to college football scenarios. If Alabama loses, they're in, right? No matter what.
1: Yeah, no, if Alabama loses, that ruins everything.
0: But they're in the playoffs.
1: Yes, they're in the playoffs. Too much sure, money, be,
0: too much yeah, all that. It,
1: it would be – because, like, again, Pitt beat Clemson a c- okay. couple years ago, but it would be Alabama, um, Clemson – Georgia and Notre Dame. Yep,
0: all right. So if Clemson loses, are they in?
1: I think you've got to take Clemson out because the ACC is so weak.
0: Here's my thing, and I I agree with you because Clemson only has two wins for ranked opponents against number 20 mm-hmm. Syracuse and 22 Texas A&M. They beat those teams by a combined six points. So if, Syrac- yeah. if Clemson loses, I, I, you have to pull them out to me.
1: I think for sure you pull them out. I think it'd be – crazy that they lost the pit, but I I think you pulled them right. out, too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oklahoma and Ohio State wins. Who's in? Is it Oklahoma or Ohio State?
1: I think this is a big week for the sexy points, you know? Because I, I think what's going to happen to Oklahoma, they're going to get another shootout. Because I watched I watched the full Texas OU game, and it, it, their defense got destroyed even in the West Virginia game, I watched like most of the second half, but like that Texas game, it was ugly. They were going to one receiver the whole time. It didn't matter. So I, I think Ohio State's gonna win big. I, I think if there is a spot to be taken, Ohio State's gonna get it.
0: So if it's if they both win, you think it's Ohio State? Yeah. Man. I did I agree with you and I don't want to because I think Ohio State always gets in, even though they don't deserve it sometimes, but Looking at Oklahoma, they have their one loss to Texas, who's number fourteen.
1: Okay, this okay, this whole thing about Ohio State just gets in. I mean, Ohio State there was, was. You're talking about BCS stuff. BCS stuff. We got to throw that. Okay, out. but
0: even two years ago, there was that should Ohio State get in. Was it two years ago?
1: But no, when Alabama lost and 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 they didn't win the conference championship, that's when Alabama got in over them.
0: I, I Dude, I think there's two or three, two twi- once or twice that they shouldn't have got in. Or there was some.
1: But you got to think, we won the first college football playoff, which yeah. was okay. four years ago. So we're not talking about a lot of time okay. here. So yeah. Yeah, I, know. I think you're talking out your butt, but uh, we don't let that ride. But and listen. all I got to say is, if if Ohio State blows out Northwestern, which I imagine they do, and, uh, and Alabama wins big, which I imagine they will. I mean it, it gets see that idle team in Notre Dame is that that's the weird thing the, the idle teams but they're undefeated so it doesn't matter right. really
0: yeah so I mean Oklahoma's ahead of Ohio State in the polls right now. So what does Ohio State have to do to jump
1: them? Just blow them out because I know I know OU's gonna give up a bunch of points
0: okay So here's my case for Ohio State even if they don't blow out Northwestern, they have a win at Penn State. And they had their loss at Purdue. And then they had that win versus Michigan, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those two wins mean a lot more to me than that loss at Purdue.
1: The Purdue loss is it's
0: pretty bad. damn bad. It's bad, but they went into Penn State and beat the 12th ranked team in the nation. They beat Michigan, the fourth. They destroyed Michigan. Mm-hmm. And you know what that loss Purdue tells me is, yeah, they can play down to their competition. It was an away game. But mm-hmm. the the teams in the playoff are going to be the best teams, so how is going to step up. They're not going to play <laughs> shitty. No,
1: I I I agree with all that cuz I I think we could I think we could score with Alabama, but I think Alabama would score way more. Mm-hmm. Like I think we could put up 28 points against Alabama. But the thing is against our defense, Alabama would probably score 50.
0: Yeah. Okay, so before we move on, so we both agree, even if Ohio State and Oklahoma wins, Ohio State should get in over Oklahoma. I, I,
1: think, I think Ohio State would jump
0: them, yeah. I, th- I agree with that, and I fucking hate saying that. Before we move on from Ohio State, why, Urban Meyer, why does he keep getting these quarterbacks? He hasn't sent one quarterback to the league. How does he keep getting these quarterbacks? And why do these quarterbacks get to Ohio State and never improve?
1: Okay, I wouldn't say the quarterbacks never improve. I mean, that's the that's the number one. You thing think J T.
0: Barrett got any better while he's
1: there? J T. Barrett was a very nuanced player. He he was like a one trick pony. I definitely think Cardell Jones developed. I mean, and he went to NFL. He would not work He's not worth. Right. But so why? NFL.
0: So why is that? with Urban Meyer?
1: I, I I mean, I don't think Urban Meyer does a great job developing quarterbacks. I guess you could say Alex Smith, but also. I mean, Tebow ain't no wasn't no real big time NFL quarterback, but I'm I i do not I I think he has a college offense side designed to win in college. That's why he has the greatest, the best win percentage in the history of college football. It's because he just tries to win the games. He's not trying to get people better. This is not a Coach Cal situation. He's just trying to win.
0: Yeah, so I I mean, it's just it's it's hard for me to believe how they continue to get these quarterbacks. If I'm just if I'm Michigan, that's if I'm Jim Harbaugh. That's what I'm saying to these kids. Why do you want to go out of state? He's not going to take you anywhere.
1: I mean, where's Harbaugh taking you?
0: Who has he produced? Let's see.
1: I mean, the only thing you can say is Andrew Luck. <laughs> Andrew Luck? And, and and that's fine. But in all of this time, all you can say is Andrew Luck?
0: Alex. He had Alex Smith. He worked with him. He worked with Cap. I,
1: but you know Alex Smith's college coach was Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, Meyer.
0: Right? yeah. I just... I'm I'm whatever on Urban Meyer, and,
1: and he and I mean to be honest, Hardball ran out Alex Smith. I mean for a better option, I believe, yeah. but he he ran out Alex Smith. So
0: Georgia loses, Oklahoma loses, Ohio State loses. Does UCF get in or does Georgia stay in?
1: Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State all lose. Clemson has to lose too. I think
0: no. So if Clemson wins. Let's say it's Bama locked in, Notre Dame locked in, and Clemson locked in. There's one spot no. left.
1: Is it Georgia or UCF? I, I think, I think UCF? they need two open spots. I think they need two open spots. So you think, think,
0: you think Georgia think gets Georgia, in over
1: UCF? Yeah. I mean, it depends on – if they get smacked by Alabama by 30, that's different.
0: I mean, even if they do. Dude, UCF, their best win
1: – Oh, no, and their quarterback went down. So this game is not going to be good. So, their quarterback, so they're not going to look good.
0: Yeah, but their best win is at Pittsburgh. And here are the teams they played this year. Austin P, UConn, South Carolina State, Florida Atlantic, Pittsburgh, SMU, Memphis, East Carolina, Temple, Navy, Cincinnati, South Florida. Like, I'm so sick of these schools that don't schedule these big games and then just complain about how they're not getting the but consideration they deserve.
1: But to be honest, if you're a big school, why would you schedule UCF at this point? Like, yeah. why?
0: I mean, it doesn't have to be a big school. It can be... It doesn't have to be a top ranked school. It can be. I
1: wouldn't, a... I wouldn't want Ohio State to play them.
0: So you think you thinking teams are avoiding UCF?
1: I, I I think that's a potential thing. I'm not saying that's for sure. And I think they could leak that to the press some kind of way if that was the case.
0: Matt, how how hilarious is it going to be though if UCF if this happens and they don't get in? Are they going to ride that national championship thing like they did again last year?
1: Yeah, but I think I, honestly, I think the quarterback getting hurt. Really took them out. I mean, they were already out, but they're really out I,
0: now. I mean, they're going to lose this weekend versus Memphis.
1: I think. I think there's a huge chance that happens. Huge, huge chance that happens.
0: So if they, but if they blow Memphis out, and Georgia loses, you're still putting Georgia in there.
1: But I mean, is Ohio State and Oklahoma winning? No, they both lost. Okay, Georgia gets blown out. Uh, let's say Georgia gets blown out, Ohio State gets blown out, OU gets blown out. They all lose by the and, same spread. Yeah, yeah, and then UCF, UCF wins. wins huge. Yeah, I don't. I, I I think that's possible. I just that's like a in, ridiculous scenario, but yes, it's possible.
0: Is a committee really going to put UCF over these big time money schools?
1: I I I I, I think the money matters a little bit less once you have the playoff. I think it matters a little bit less than you have that one national championship game. It still should be eight teams, but with but as is, it matters a little bit less than the okay. BCS system. Give me the eight team thing,
0: because you go to eight teams, you're going to be the same boat you're in right now. You're going to be arguing about who should be in that doesn't change anything
1: no but it is it's a lot different arguing about number 8 than it is number 4 because you have because it matters far less when you are arguing about number 8 cuz you are arguing about two lost teams and everything else it mar- matters far less when you are arguing number 8 than you are number 4 that's that's why it makes a difference so yes you have the same argument part of it is like the fun you know i think part of that is, no matter what system you have you're going to have fun because the college football is too big for everybody to play everybody, so I I think you still have the fun, but I I do believe there's no doubts. I do believe that. Yes.
0: I'm I'm with four. I think four is plenty. I don't need eight teams in this.
1: Oh, I I think eight teams. In that. I I think eight because I think OU could just because Kyler's out there going crazy could could beat anybody.
0: Hey, if Oklahoma makes it and they play Alabama, Alabama's had trouble with that running quarterback.
1: No, the problem is I think I think oh, OU could score fifty against Alabama, but I think Alabama could score infinity against that defense. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like I think I think oh, OU could score with anybody in college football, but the problem is Alabama could legit put. Uh, uh, a sixty piece on OU. That's how crazy it is.
0: Is there a world where we see Kyler Murray go play football? No. It's that's done to you.
1: Again, I have pretty close sources with that family, and yeah, yeah. that's out. Man, because you know he has that signing bonus is gone too.
0: It's gone. I thought it's no. I thought he got that signing no.
1: bonus. No. If if he decides to play football, that signing bonus oh. is gone. Now. That signing bonus, if he decides that he's never going to go to the A's, that signing bonus is gone. I,
0: I can't believe he's not going to give it a shot, man. It's too much money. It's, it's too much money. He better be a hell of a baseball player.
1: Oh, he. I mean, he's really fucking good. But the thing is, you could be a middling baseball player for 25 years.
0: So is he going to be more famous as a college football player or a baseball player in the long run? I, I
1: like, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, so if he end up at the Heisman ceremony, let, let's see what he does against UT. But if he ends up at the Heisman ceremony, this is going to ride with him. He could be a Hall of Fame baseball player. This going to ride with him forever just because of the story.
0: Let's move on. You got your dear blank, I'm sorry. Who do you need to apologize to?
1: I think, oh, <laughs> right now. Right <laughs> now. Again, it is very, very, very early. But I mean, I say Deshaun Watson and the uh, Houston Texans. Oh honest.
0: man, Bill O'Brien.
1: Yeah, oh, it, Bill O'Brien is probably the best way to put that. Yeah, Bill O'Brien is the best way to put that because, like, I don't know how they're doing it, but you know what the problem is for them? What's that? They run into a buzzsaw next week against the Cleveland Browns. So we're gonna put all that to bed, and then they come back again the following week.
0: So you're predicting a Browns victory? Is that right?
1: I, because I've been on the fence of whether I wanted to try to go down there. And the thing is, it's like, big, I don't know, this team got some juice. Again, I want them to start losing, so I don't even want them to win. But the, the Texans are tough. And then you have one of your big-time receivers go down. The Texans are tough. Are they They're really, tough. though? I think they I think are. Are they really? I, I really do think they are. Because all of a sudden, J.J. J. Watt know how to sack the quarterback again and everything. I I I think they're real. Uh,
0: that that team doesn't scare me, and it's,
1: it's the Texans. Oh, no, they'll win a wild card. I mean, they, they'll win in the first round, and that's about it.
0: I don't even know if they're going to. I think the Colts might win this thing, dude. I,
1: I, I think the Texans got the division. And the Colts better watch out for the Browns. That's all I got to say.
0: Man, just think—if you fired Hugh earlier, you might be in this playoff race
1: because you would have won those
0: overtime games.
1: I mean, we're in the hunt. Did you not see that graphic on CBS? What we're is, in the hunt. Yeah,
0: but what's your? How far back are you?
1: We are four, five, and one, and there's a lot of five and five teams ahead of us, and that just takes one win to flip that.
0: All right, so that's your apologized team to Texan Nation.
1: Bill yes. O'Brien and all of them. Because I, I I thought they were about to go out there and win four or five games. Yeah, I thought they were going to fire Bill O'Brien
0: after that pre-start. Mm-hmm. Here's my no.
1: apologies.
0: I'm not going to apologize to anyone, but everyone needs to apologize to Drew Holiday, the most underrated player in the league. That's one.
1: See, but I don't think he deserves the apologies because nobody was saying he was whacked. Just nobody was talking about him. I,
0: I don't think people realize how good he is amongst Regular
1: that, that made me. I but when you say you're sorry to somebody, I think people had to like count you out and then you show But nobody ever counted him out. I think people Just count him out. Cared about him.
0: I think people nobody. in the public count him out, not people that know basketball
1: with the details. I, I, I but the thing is, people that don't know basketball don't even know who he is that discuss him now. I would say who would have been a candidate in basketball? Who would have been the best candidate is if Carmelo went out there and started averaging eighteen a game or something on the Rockets. That would have been like a apologize candidate.
0: No, I got to apologize to my boy Drew Holiday. I also got to apologize to the Kings fans. I am sorry that your team fucked up and passed on Luka Doncic.
1: See, you know what? The biggest problem with the Kings is like they wanted to the tank. Yeah, then they start with, so. I don't think the front office wanted Luka. But why? That's that's why you tank you, for guys like Luka. But the thing is, they, they hadn't wanted to tank this year. Do they not? I, from what I remember, the Celtics have their first pick.
0: So the Kings only had their pick this year if it's a number one pick.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Th- this is stupid. So And you know, like, the lottery system is changing, too. This is stupid.
0: So, I mean, this is the worst case scenario for the Kings. They don't yes. have their pick. They pass on Doncic. Bagley's not helping them at all.
1: I, I And I, they're still an average team.
0: Yes, so I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. Just imagine Doncic and, and Fox together.
1: No, they're they're about to give Fox some DMPs. They have to.
0: To get that one pick?
1: That, that, <laughs> what else can they do? I I don't know what they're gonna do.
0: And and there was that talk about they were going to fire their coach because they weren't tanking?
1: Yes. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is so the worst-case scenario you're for tanking them. tanking only for the number one pick. You, you only could tank for the number one pick.
0: Yeah. And they're doing a shitty job, and they don't have Doncic.
1: It, no, this is the worst-case scenario.
0: It, yeah, no, it's the absolute. Is there a franchise that's being run worse than the Kings right now?
1: I don't know if there's one in all of sports has been run worse, um, but in basketball, basketball hands down the Kings are the worst.
0: I don't know what the hell they're doing, but I I owe the Kings fans an apology if there's still any out there. They're probably all Warriors fans by now. All right, you got you got a question for this week or not?
1: I do. I you know I always have a question, and this is something I've been thinking about, especially. In the last year, when I was watching Jr., I thought about it a lot, and it's just like with Jordan Thirty for Thirty coming out in 2019. Mm -hmm. It's like who, what obscure guy, or not necessarily obscure, but not what non-elite guy would you want to see a documentary on? It could be any sport, but just a a documentary on. Because I have a couple.
0: Okay, so give me yours while I think of one.
1: Yeah, because. every time these questions are unfair to ask like on the spot but jr i the reason i say jr not like all the henny stuff having his shirt off all that stuff but it's like he has that image and then his daughter was like really like Mm -hmm. i think she was born prematurely and was like really ill and what little little people know is that the Cleveland Clinic is, like, one of the best hospitals in the world. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that he was on Cleveland actually benefited him in that case. Mm-hmm. So, just him going through that and going through the title runs and stuff like that, I always thought that was interesting. And, like, Ryan Leaf, like, what the hell happened to this dude? Yeah. I wasn't old enough to really understand yeah. how good he was in college. None but of like, I swear. What happened with this dude? And... Another one is like I know he's highly featured in the you series on Thirty for Thirty. Sean Taylor is like, what? What was his life leading to an early death, or was it super random? Because I don't, I just know him as a hard hitter. I have no idea what he was as a person. So yeah,
0: I, I actually think there's a on Amazon Prime. There's an NFL story about him, and it kind of talks
1: about. Oh, it. okay. I might have to check so it. So
0: watch that. So man, I don't know, dude. You know what I want? And I know I think the Action Sports Network kind of talked about it. They put an article. I want to know the damn truth about Gilbert Arenas and that Wizards and that guns in the locker room. To me, I want to know I want to know exactly what happened. I want them to sit each of them down and tell me the real story. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I I like that. I like that
0: because there's what Gilbert Renis put out, but the, that story's always changing.
1: Yeah, because um, you know what's the name wrote the book? Um, Kyron Butler. Butler. Yeah. Uh huh. So that that's an interesting one.
0: So that's that's one I could think of on top of my head. That's a oh, man. I'm going to have to think about that. No,
1: yeah. See, that's that's the thing about these questions. It's like. It's really hard yeah. to answer in the moment. I, I might try to cater them more to the moment as as opposed to just getting the best possible question I could think of. And I think that might help yeah. us because it, it's a struggle bus doing it in the moment, but it's still fun. It is. All right.
0: Let's wrap this up. You, let's give a shout out to your cozo
1: Yeah. So this Friday, we got the Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. game undefeated as a starter. Zero turnovers. That n- number one quarterback in the quarterback prospect in the country in Oregon. We slay him. We mm-hmm. we beat the rivals in BYU. We win the snow game in Colorado. I mean,
0: and you were God, at that game. It was
1: miserable, miserable. Because my feet got wet. Don't get me started on that. I couldn't feel my toes for legit uh, two and a half quarters. But the good yeah. thing about Colorado, so if you ever go to Colorado you sit on the visiting side, the field house is attached to the stadium. So you can sit in the field house uh-huh. and it's nice and warm. So that's good. And you can hear like... That's
0: all the snow bunnies there.
1: I didn't get a good look because I don't think they came out for the <laughs> snow game, you know? Yeah, but they're going up against... We're going against Washington against- this weekend. Yeah. And already lost to Washington, 21-7, and Levy... Be clear, Jason didn't play at all, and we're gonna see how that goes. And the same—that's why I—I I really wanted Washington State to be ranked like seven and have to play this game. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. So it, it should be interesting. And if we—if since we this team did the Rose Bowl, this be the first time Utah goes to the Rose Bowl because they haven't been in the Pac-12 all that long. So. It'd mm. be a huge step for the program, and of course him in particular.
0: And if they make it to that bowl game, you yeah, Rose
1: Bowl, I'm out there. I mean, but the thing is, if they lose, they're go up to Alamo Bowl, so that's in San Antonio, so I'd be there too. Uh, so you can
0: drive to the. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's I good think for us. Good to go. All right. Talk yep. to you later. <laughs> I am joined by Rob. And Rob is a professional sports better. Is that is that the correct title for this, Rob?
2: Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I mean, I, I'd clarify that I'm a semi-professional sports better. I do make income in other avenues mm-hmm. os- outside of sports. Okay. Um, and I do do some consulting for some online gaming brands. But, um, okay. Yeah, a large portion of my income comes from from betting on sports. Well,
0: and you've kind of had a unique breakthrough into this profession. I know you you were with the score for a little bit and you, you got into daily fantasy. Is that kind of how it all started for you?
2: I, I look back on it and it, it's tough to pinpoint where it exactly first started. Okay. I mean, it, it's the, the first thing that really got me into sports betting was just being a sports fan right. in general. Um, and then I lost a lot of money betting on sports <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but in order to pay back a debt that i owed to a local sports book i actually had to work for them so i started to learn into intricacies of uh of sports in that sense and then uh i gravitated towards that in university i studied statistics and computer science those were passions of mine so that lends itself to, to betting on sports and then um yeah i think the dfs stuff also helped for sure mm-hmm. um it, it forced me to to refine my models a little bit but I mean, thinking back on it, it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it started. It's just always been a passion. It's always been something in the background, but I didn't really pursue it as a a full-time avenue uh, until I left the score.
0: Did you ever think that it was going to become a profession for you?
2: Um, I... (laughs) I did and I didn't. So I'm married. Uh, Part of the reason why I didn't think it was going to become a profession is because my wife is very risk averse. Mm. Um, So when I first approached her about this, uh, she sort of told me, pump the brakes a little bit. You have a pretty good paying job, Mm -hmm. uh, stability, so on and so forth. But uh, eventually it was just an avenue I decided to pursue and I I convinced her and uh, it worked out. But I, I I didn't really foresee it happening.
0: Right. And how old were you when you first started gambling, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Oh, I mean, I wasn't uh, I was I was a teenager when I started gambling. I mean, I I remember the first betting account I received. I was in grade nine. Wow. Um, And then around that time, I started playing poker as well. Mm -hmm. I played full time poker when I was younger. I didn't know between high school and university, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did one year of uh, economics at university and decided I really don't want to major in this. Uh, I'm going to play poker for a living. So I did that. And then I went back to school after that just became a real slow burn on on my life as well. So, uh, I mean, I've been betting since I was really young. I, mm-hmm. I was raised you know, betting. In bo- my father loved to take me to the, the bet on horses when I was younger. Um, that was a passion of his. Um, we used to have like family card games at our house and stuff like that. So I've always been immersed in it my whole life. Wow.
0: So it seems like your love for numbers and your love for sports was kind of a perfect match. Um, when did modeling and simulations become a big thing in the gambling world? Has that always been around?
2: It's. I don't know if I'm well versed enough to speak on it because okay. I mean, I mean, Sports betting is. Uh, let's just say there's been there's major differences with the way that professionals would have bet a decade ago than there are now. Right. I mean, you hear the stories about people who used to wait at the airport for planes to come in from out of town. I'm, this is I'm talking 20 years ago, 30 uh-huh. years ago, but out of town planes to come in because the internet wasn't a thing and Google wasn't a thing, and you could get information from out of town via the newspapers that were coming in uh, from from those. Those airlines. So uh, that's evolved. I mean, that kind of edge doesn't exist anymore. If, yeah. some, if something breaks and LeBron James is out in a basketball game, it's reported instantaneously mm-hmm. and everybody knows about it within seconds. Um, so now I think there's a more mathematical approach. And I, I, I've talked about this before on other podcasts that I've done. I, I do think it's possible to beat sports without a modeling, so yep. to speak. Uh, having a good mathematical base will certainly help, but I think there are very few people that are capable of doing it. But the shift in culture certainly has exponentially increased over the past few years.
0: Right. So you kind of mentioned that, I guess it's kind of the eye test firsty model. What, I mean, what makes someone special with just the eye test? Are there people still out there like that, that just gamble based off what they see?
2: Yeah, like I, I couldn't tell you because honestly, the eye test didn't work for me when I was younger. I, I watched a ton of sports and it doesn't work for a, a lot of people who think that they're experts in certain sports because they watch the games and then they end up losing money. So that's why, I mean, it's very difficult without being able to apply mathematics to, to sports betting and being able to set a number on a game and compare that to the number that the book is offering. So I don't, I couldn't say what makes people successful in that aspect. Um, but I know of, of, I mean, it's a select few that have been successful in that method over the course of years. Um, I, I, I would assume that the edge is diminishing over time, but, uh, I I can't say for certain.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy that we're in that world now, especially even with NBA teams, they're going to these math models and they're going to these simulations. I mean, with all that related, do you see, do you see a world in which, a lot of professional sports bettors are getting recruited by NBA teams, because I know that's slowly starting to happen now. Correct?
2: Well, we saw it with um, Haralabov joining uh, right. the, the Mavericks. I think that's an exception to the okay. rule because, at the end of the day, I, I I won't say, but I've applied to positions in in, in sports before, okay. the analytics, analytics teams. Right. Sports teams do not pay anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flat out say that. Um, Or at least they pay, they undervalue compared to a similar job in a different field um, in the marketplace. I mean, they leverage sports Mm -hmm. as a way to recruit you for a cheaper amount of money. That's typically what they do. That's the the couple of pitches that I've gotten in the past from sports teams in terms of pro bettors moving into sports. I don't think it's going to happen just because there's so much more money to be made actually betting on the games than there is working for divulging your secrets. So, um unless you have a true passion for mm-hmm. the game and you really want to work in for a team or in the league I, I I just I don't see very many cases where that's going to happen. Okay.
0: And you mentioned your love for sports has has gambling kind of taken that away from you? Has it emphasized your love for sports? Is it a love um, relationship?
2: <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's tough because um I I still love sports. I mean, I always have, I always will. Uh, I will say it's certainly changed the way that I consume sports. Okay. Uh, for one, I don't like to watch a lot of my bets, um, mm. which people, I mean, I, I'm definitely in the minority there. Yeah. But for games that I bet on, I like to just check the final scores because mm-hmm. there's just too much anxiety involved. Right. There's no point um, of keeping up with it. Right. I, I mean, my wife, this is, I, I mean, I used to get check scores in bed when i was this is like three or four years ago my (laughs) wife would just be like the score is going to be the same in the morning regardless of whether you check it now and it was like a need to know type of thing but i've gotten over that so (laughs) definitely the way i consume sports is a little bit different also i would say that it's affected my fandom of teams Hmm. um because at the end of the day you have to be willing to bet against your favorite teams um, if an edge is there and it's tough to uh it's tough to do at first, but over time, I mean, I'm still, I'm, am I live in Toronto. I'm yeah. still a diehard Maple Leafs fan and a Blue okay. Jays fan and a Raptors fan. But if you told me ten years ago to bet against one of those teams, I would have laughed in your face and say, "No yeah. chance, I'm going to do that." And now it's just like a click of a button, and I don't, I don't even think about it. Wow, so you're, so it's taking your fandom completely away. I wouldn't say completely <laughs> away. Like it, it's weird because I'll have money, uh, I'll have money. Uh, let's say on the Dallas Cowboys against the Dallas Cowboys um, who I'm a fan of. That's my NFL team. Okay. Um, and even when I have money against them, I still find myself rooting for them. Um, it's I can't explain how that happens. <laughs> I mean,
0: happens. it's a win-win.
2: It, it sort of is. <laughs> um, I mean, I would prefer the money. To be right. completely honest with you, in most scenarios, I mean, if you could tell me Dallas would win a Super Bowl and I would have to pay five thousand bucks out of pocket, sure, I would. I would trade five thousand dollars for a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. Uh, but for the most part, uh, to me, I'm doing this for a living, so it's about the money. Okay. Um, but it's it's just weird. I mean, it's. Um, I, <laughs> I I mean, you can bet against your favorite team and still cheer for them. I I, I don't think there are very (laughs) many people on the planet that can say that that happens for them.
0: No, I agree with you. So um, you have mentioned before in previous podcasts that you like to look at yards for play and adjusted yards for play. That's your biggest variable for modeling, correct?
2: Uh, Yes and no. I mean, it it, it used to be a massive variable, and now it's just a smaller piece. Mm -hmm. Um, As with any metric, over time the market catches up. So if you're not right. continuously evolving uh, your craft, then people are just catching up to you and eventually they're going to overtake you. So okay. uh, I I still value yards per play. Okay. Uh, but I mean, look at yards per play sometimes and, and it, it doesn't pass the eye test. I mean, look at the New Orleans Saints, for example, who are middle of the pack in, in net yards per play. Um, if you're only strictly using that, you would not think that the Saints are a good team. So um, I, I I certainly still believe in it. I believe it has value, uh, but I'm not. Uh, it's not weighted as heavily as it once was. Oh, it
0: was once was. Um, speaking of the Saints, and you kind of said they were in the middle of pack uh, in terms of yards per play. Where's where's some where are some teams that you kind of value higher than their record might show in the NFL? Is that something you could share?
2: Um, trying to think off the top of my head. Um, teams that I might value higher than the record i'll tell I'll tell you why this is a funny question okay. it's because and I talked about just two seconds ago how I consume sports differently now
0: right
2: I, I can't tell you the records of the teams in the NFL wow because it, it doesn't even matter to me anymore like really? this this is this is how things have changed I look at standings like once a month and th- mm-hmm. there are things in there that shock me that a team is this high or this low in the standings because i'm not that's not something that I care about or that I follow. Um, and that's the honest truth. So when I think about teams that are overvalued or undervalued, it's always compared to market. It's not compared to standings.
0: Wow. That's very interesting because I have to watch the games and I kind of go with my gut feeling and I'll do some research here and there. But it sounds like that's not the way to go.
2: Well, I mean, it can be. And I, I watch, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a diehard NFL fan. I mm. wouldn't miss an NFL Sunday for anything. I mean, when I married my wife, or even when we started dating, I told her like Sundays for me are sacred in NFL season. I don't care if it's your dad's birthday or whatever; okay. like it's not happening. So I still, um, I still love those, and 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 I do pick up things, um, that I think potentially my models don't. But then it, you always have to wonder if it's just—I mean, it's small sample size. Is it are your eyes deceiving you? There's a lot that goes into it. I I think that's one of the biggest struggles as a better is seeing something in your, in a model that maybe your mind doesn't agree with. And then you, you sort of wrestle that f- for, with that for a while. And I, I do, I mean, I lose sleep over things like that. Like, do right. I have this team overvalued? Cause I'm, I'm watching them and they look better. And there's just, there's a lot of, of the back and forth there.
0: And does that just take discipline staying away from what you see and staying with your model?
2: I think it has to, here's mm-hmm. what, what it depends on the sport. So, okay. um, my biggest edge on any of the major sports right now is NHL, and it has been for a couple of years. And for me, I will just blindly bet any edge that my model outputs for NHL. There's not even any hesitation for me. It instantaneously goes in. Uh, for me, NFL is a little, using one sport, for example, NFL is a lot different. Um, I think there are so many other variables that go into to NFL that are a little bit more difficult to account for so I'll never bet something that I don't believe I have a mathematical edge on okay. but I might stay I might not play something and just choose to uh stay on the sidelines for a certain game because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm potentially valuing something incorrectly or I'm not um incorporating something that has value okay
0: and was that the case for the Rams and Chiefs games for you yesterday I know you tweeted about the Rams line dropping to minus three and then I believe you took that was that kind of the case for that
2: I mean, it, it came into range for me yesterday. Okay. So whenever I'm, I'm setting, um, I, my, I set my NFL lines and then I set price alerts for every single game where mm. if a, a game comes into this range, I'm willing to bet it. So the Rams got into a range that I was willing to bet. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of wanted to stay away from it because there was a lot of uncertainty around that game because of the travel for yeah. both teams. and But um and I, I mean, I didn't go nuts with it or anything. I ended up pushing the game, which was mm-hmm. fine. I probably deserved to lose just based on the, on the actual box score. And, and <laughs> it was actually one of the greatest games I've ever watched in my life. But um, yeah, I mean, it's more motivational factors, I think, in football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that can be misleading because you look at a team like the Oakland Raiders who went into this week looking like they don't give a crap about right. anything. And then they go out on the road and they win. Now, Arizona is a terrible, terrible team. I had a, um, an edge with my model on Oakland in that game, but I decided to pass because it looks like they're, I mean, frankly, it looks like the Raiders are tanking and then they're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl after that game. So obviously they still cared. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's just a lot, there's so much that goes into it and there's a lot of second yeah. guessing. But um, NFL, I find, is um, it, it's, a, it's a difficult handicap.
0: It, it really is because it seems like there's so many variables that can go into it that you can't account for in your models.
2: Right, and and it's it's a tough market to beat because lines now move so early in the week and get shaped early in the week, and you have to guess a lot of times on injuries. I mean, look at injury reports early in the week and try to tell me that you're confident in any players playing key players. A lot of the times um and there's just so much guesswork involved so it's tougher and tougher to beat nfl it's why i personally i mean i consider myself a recreational better i would never put serious money down on the nfl that's just my opinion there are some people that are more successful at it that's fine and actually i've never i since i started modeling statistically i've never had a losing nfl season but Mm. um i just think that there are uh, other better places to invest resources
0: Is the NFL and the NBA the two biggest sports where injuries can have an effect in the game?
2: Um, Hard to say. I don't do a ton of NBA modeling. So I work with a partner and he's responsible for most of the college basketball. Uh, I would think college basketball could, I mean, because there's fewer players on a team in college basketball and NBA, I think that uh, losing a star player has a more significant impact. Obviously quarterbacks have a huge impact in, um, in, in football. Um, but aside from the yeah, I, I would say that I mean I, I don't have numbers up to back me on that, but I would okay. I would say that yeah, for the most part you'd be correct.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Um, in terms of gambling and the future of it with the, with it being legalized, where do you see do you see it going to a direction that none of us can kind of anticipate?
2: Um, I mean, I could see some product innovation happening mm-hmm. in sports betting. Uh, I, I think. I mean, since I started betting and even before me, uh, basically since the internet came out and there was online gaming sites, um, gambling, sports betting has always been presented in the same traditional format. I mean, you log in, there's not a whole lot of differences between sports books and the way that they actually present things to you. I could see that changing significantly. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some tech companies that get involved in sports betting and present things just in, in a... Yeah, like in, in some sort of fashion that we're not accustomed to, um, which maybe won't jive with the existing sports bettors who have been used to something for so long, but maybe it'll be um, easier to consume for newer sports bettors and easier to understand. So I think there's going to be some product innovation in the next couple of years. Okay. Um, aside from that, I don't, I don't know that we'll see many significant changes right away.
0: What are some things that annoy you about other experts that you might see on Twitter uh, pushing their bedside is there anything that really just pisses you off
2: there are a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I could talk on this topic for hours uh-huh. um, yeah I mean uh, one of the biggest is using small sample sizes to promote themselves yeah. um, stuff that you see like uh, nine and one over my last 10 picks stuff like that really really bothers me. Um, I also rarely see things presented in terms of return on investment, Mm. uh, which to me is the most important factor. Uh, I mean, people talk about records, which are basically useless. Uh, Units are fine. But to me, return on investment is the key because you can win the same amount of units in two different sports. You can do it with half the bets in one other sport or half the money down. Your return is much higher and you should invest more resources there. So you rarely see that in sports betting. Uh, most of the pros would deal with return on investment, but I never see that on Twitter and that that's sort of bothersome as well. Right,
0: so you don't see the backup to their predictions and their scores.
2: Well, I I mean, there, there are some people who will literally bet every game on the board every day Mm -hmm. and finish at plus 50 units for the season. And then there's someone who might be way more selective and bet one or two games a day and finish at those 50 units a season. Um, the one or two better had a much better return on investment. He had to risk a lot less to arrive at that. And there's a lot of variance in sports. So a, a lot of those wins could have ended up being losses and there's a lot of luck involved. Um, I mean, if if you gave me those two resumes and said pick one of the two, they're both up 50 units, I'd take the one that's a low volume better because it was a much higher return. Right.
0: Did you ever see yourself becoming this big, especially on Twitter? I know you've been on Twitter for a while now. How has that evolved into what it is today?
2: Well, it was actually a goal of mine for a long time. Like, I wanted to build a brand for myself. I I never knew that I was going to be a pro sports better. I I didn't know what I was going to do with my Twitter account. All I knew is that. I should grow this because there's a possibility for me to monetize it down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to the point where I was betting on sports and it, it was like probably the less information I give away here that, you know, the less uh, I, I have a less chance of hurting my edge down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it really shifted when I started betting on sports more seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, at one point it, it, I was just trying to grow that as my brand and then I got to a point where I just said, uh, "No, nope, it's probably just easier for me to lay low, um, post some things that others might find useful, but are not going to, you know, hurt my edge in the long run." And you
0: actually had a company, kind of not buy you out, but they paid you to stop posting your picks because you were changing the lines with your predictions.
2: Yeah, have I, 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 I didn't realize that I've actually said that publicly before. <laughs> okay. um, no, I I probably have. I mean, you you obviously know this. So it, it yeah. came from somewhere. But um, yeah, so basically the way it worked is I used to post baseball. Um, I used to post my baseball model lines to Twitter at some point. Um, I was betting them, but I was betting them for like 500 bucks, like nothing serious. And uh, I just got a DM from somebody on Twitter one day that said, listen, um, would you be interested in having a conversation? I said, sure. So I, I spoke to this guy and uh, he basically said, When you post your picks, someone has some sort of alert set to it or whatever, but they're betting your picks on screen. Um, And when I say on screen, it it means that uh, somebody is betting betting them on offshore sportsbooks and and moving the number Mm -hmm. on those games. Uh, So basically, yeah, I was offered a free roll, which is not uncommon in this industry where someone will will basically uh, allow you to bet into accounts for free. Any losses would be on them, any wins they would pay you out. Uh, in exchange for not posting publicly anymore. So I evaluated the options at that uh, point. I thought it was just, it was worth it. Uh, I could still bet my own numbers on my end right. uh, and achieve a free roll on top of it. And that's honestly probably what got me. That was probably the best decision I ever made. Or I'm very lucky that that happened because mm-hmm. that was what built the bankroll to eventually take this more seriously.
0: Well, that's a very interesting story. Um, so you mentioned that you're a Raptors fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a Lakers fan, born and raised in L.A., and I've been waiting for Kawhi Leonard to join the Lakers. Do you have a bold prediction? Is Kawhi staying in Toronto?
2: I don't think so. You don't um, think so? I, 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 don't, I think he's going to be a Laker next year. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping we can get a championship run out of him, yeah. and I think I think the Raptors are the best team in the East. They I really do. Went right healthy. Now. They're going through some injuries right, right now, and they, they did have that three-game losing streak, and uh they still run hot and cold. Every now and then, and mm-hmm. and I think the biggest complaint I have with them is they fall into like iso ball in the last six minutes of every fourth quarter for some reason. Um, they run their offense so efficiently for forty-two minutes of the game, mm-hmm. and then it's um, everything run through Kawhi and Lowry late in the games, and it just turns into contested shots. And <laughs> it's a lot of what we saw with DeRozan.
0: DeRozan, right.
2: I mean, listen, I, I've i lived in, uh, I don't actually live in Toronto, I live outside of the city now, but I've lived in the greater Toronto area for my entire life. Yeah. I love the city. Um, any, you know, friends who uh, I've met through Twitter or uh, that visited the city for the first time, I mean, they, they all love it. Right. It is a great city. I think it's something that you can sell a player on. I mean, look at a guy like DeRozan who, right, fell, in who love, fell in love. who
0: fell in love and was devastated to leave.
2: Right. Um, so, I mean... And there's a reason I still live here. Uh, I, I Reality is I could live wherever I want, but mm-hmm. this is just, I mean, uh, it's a great city. So um, there's always that possibility. But if I was posting lines on it, I would say he's a substantial favorite to, to end up with the Lakers next year.
0: Okay. And that's just coming from you. You don't have any inside sources for me on that.
2: I don't, and honestly, <laughs> most of the stuff you hear is just garbage anyways. Like, yeah. one of my friends is a, a really good friend of mine. is okay. actually a security guard that works. That, I mean, it's not their City anymore. I always mm-hmm. get – it's the Scotiabank Arena or whatever. I don't even know what it's called, yeah, Scotiabank yeah. Center or whatever. They change the uh, the sponsorship. But he's a security guard. He works there. He gets access to the players, and he talks to them frequently, mm-hmm. um, both the Leafs and the Raptors. But he's – I mean, he's like, no one really knows what's, right. what's happening. So anything you hear is, is BS. Right,
0: and is that just kind of how the media plays it? Is this, I mean, teams and agents are feeding this to the media. Is that just kind of just to play the game?
2: Oh, for sure. And on top of that, when you're a member of the media and you don't even have to cite sources, you can say an anonymous, anonymous source, source or someone within the organization. I mean, you could post literally whatever you want to create a story, mm-hmm. and that's what the media wants to do. I mean, at the end of the day, they want to create stories that people are going to read and people are going to consume. Right. Um, so. I mean, I take everything I read from the media with a grain of salt. Okay.
0: Um, before we finish this up, I have to ask you about your Cowboys. Um, it looked like they were dead, but they're alive. Um, how do you feel about Jason Garrett? Is that your guy? No,
2: <laughs> the Clapper. No, I, uh, I, I, I cannot believe how long Jason Garrett's been around for. It seems like it. It's only been a few years, but All I mean, right. it's been so so long now, and he's just he's just so bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look at. Um, look at the Rams and the Chiefs this week and that game and two teams that would have went into that game with their running games, having substantial, Mm -hmm. um, uh, being substantially better than the run defenses that they are going against. And they just come out and throw the ball. Right. And that's two coaches, um, who realize that offenses are much more efficient when you pass the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Cowboys are the opposite. They run to set up the pass that doesn't work anymore. It's an old mentality, but, um, there's there's several teams in the league. It's not just the Cowboys that still that still abide by that mentality, but it's just frustrating to watch <laughs> as a fan when when you know that there's a better way to go about right. things. Especially, the, about, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a, a constant source of frustration. And the worst part about it is the Cowboys defense is actually really good this year. Mm-hmm. They have a great pass rush. They generate pressure. They've been able to survive without Sean Lee. Byron Jones is probably a top five cornerback in the league right now. There's just so many good things about that team, and it's just wasted on, like, three-yard run on first down, (laughs) two-yard run on second, constant third, and and five or six. It's just – and so that's uh, the source of frustration.
0: (laughs) I mean, it seems like Garrett's doing just enough to come back for another year next year.
2: It it really does. I mean, (laughs) that's that's the struggle, right? I mean, for – I, I, I'm I a rare sports fan in that I, I do think about my team's long term mm-hmm. and I don't want the Cowboys to get to the playoffs this year because they're not going to win. If they right. get to the playoffs, What's they're the not point of that. Well, look at the teams in the NFC. They're not beating. They're at least not beating the Rams and the Saints. But there's an, like the Bears are better than them. There, there's just so many teams in the, in the NFC that are good. And uh, I think if the Cowboys get to the playoffs, it affords Garrett another year. And I right. don't want that to happen. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the Cowboys be in the playoffs again, but I want them to actually be able to win a Super Bowl when they get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time since the Cowboys last won a Super Bowl. Um, were you h- upset or happy with that Amari Cooper trade for a first-round pick?
2: Oh, I thought it was a terrible deal. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I that was like the, the – that that was the the trade that pushed me over the edge like I was gonna give up my cowboy fandom I was (laughs) in a in a fit of rage when I heard about that because I mean people are like oh it's only a first round pick and you overreact and the cowboys need a receiver and whatever but again I always think about the long-term game with everything and I I, it's it's just such a dumb trade when you think about where this franchise is right now um so I mean I Took a couple of days and they simmered down a little bit. And I'm I'm never going to be that guy that um,
0: comes out with the hype. Like, I can't give up my
2: teams. I don't want to be a bandwagon jumper. I mean, it's ingrained in me. I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life. Um, so uh, it was frustrating, no doubt about it. Uh, terrible.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it seems like you'll be there until Jerry Jones is gone or Jason Garrett is gone.
2: That's unfortunate. The unfortunate <laughs> reality. Yeah. And you know the the problem is the the biggest problem is I fear the day where they actually get rid of Garrett and mm-hmm. bring in someone who's just as bad because Jerry I mean Jerry Jones is clueless he's he's he is, he's, right. he's, he's a dinosaur in this <laughs> uh in this space now and it's uh yeah it's I mean, just it's, a constant struggle as a fan
0: right we all see where the league's headed with the young coaches and um it's but it seems like Jerry Jones is just gonna bring someone in that's not gonna work and it's not gonna stay with the trend in the NFL. Um two questions before two last questions before we wrap this up. Um with the NFL game changing with this high-paced offenses, high-scoring offenses, does that affect the gambling world at all or is that just or do the numbers kind of just adjust on their own?
2: Well, I mean any time that you have higher-scoring games, you have more variance in general. Yeah. Um, so you're likely to see more extreme outcomes that tends to happen a lot so yeah it does change things a little bit it's not uh it changes teaser strategy for example on on the nfl and and what you're able to teach what you should tease and what you shouldn't it it buying points are um like buying a point in or a half point in a game with a total of 40 is not the same as buying one in a game as 60 so there's um it changes I, i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that it changes things but you're just going to see that more often now and and have to adapt to the fact that it's a higher scoring league so um on my end i don't really change anything i mean I'll, i've always accounted for the, the amount of plays that a team's going to run in the game you just see that there's more plays being run and um so not not huh. not massive changes but certainly there's something there okay
0: can you give us your pick for the super bowl winner this year who do you think is gonna take home the trophy at the end of the season?
2: Okay, so I would obviously I would say that the Saints are the favorites mm-hmm. now. Obviously, um, I did bet the Saints preseason; they're the only team that I bet. Wow, I pat myself on uh, the back. Yeah,
0: that, that's looking um, real nice.
2: Well, I mean, it was just at the end of the day, it, it simply came down to luck because I was looking at the board and the Saints just stood out as a team that has an extremely good offense that was mispriced. That's all it came down to. I mean, more more so now than ever uh, offense is more important than defense in the NFL. I don't know if people realize that yet. I'm, I'm sure they do. They're starting to see that, mm-hmm. but it's not like the, uh, the Ravens from the early two thousands where a defense can win a super bowl. That's right. not happening. No, you guess. need to have a prolific offense. So when you look at the board, top to bottom, the saints are the ones that stood out to me. It was just more luck than anything. Um, this is very, uh, like, this is very cliche and it's, it's a narrative and, um, but i always think about it regardless it feels like a little bit like the saints are peaking too, early. too early i mean they're unstoppable right yeah. they've scored 45 points in three straight games mm-hmm. they're a, an absolute machine um, but with that said i don't i don't know who's going to beat them i mean the rams had the rams without cooper cup mm-hmm. uh, i mean i mean it's a receiver but look at their success rates with him and without him on the field they're pretty substantially different Uh, Small sample sizes on both, obviously. But I I don't know if the Rams are beating the Saints, especially if they have to go out on the road to do that. I mean, the Chiefs can. The Chiefs are very good. Um, And uh, it's in the NFL where it's one one game and done, one loss and done, anyone can. But I I would have to say that I I think the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl right now.
0: Yeah, that kills me to hear that because I'm a Rams fan. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling cocky, especially after last night's win. I know that doesn't mean much. Um, both teams show they're good teams, but that hurts me
1: uh, I, like that. I, I would say
2: honestly, the, the Rams win made me less of a believer in the Rams. I thought so. um, I thought the Chiefs should have won that game. I mean, obviously the turnovers are a big factor yeah. um, in the outcome of that game, and you don't want to take away anything from the Rams because they forced those turnovers. That mm-hmm. was like dominant defensive line getting in the backfield. We haven't seen Mahomes really take any hits like Ritz. that or, or turn it over like that. Um, so there's that, they're going to get a keep to lead back at some point as well, which is going to uh, help that yeah. secondary, right. which has been a huge liability. So I can, I mean, it's possible. They have a great coach and it's the NFL, man. I've seen crazy stuff know. happen. Right. All right,
0: Rob, I think that's about it. Um, do you have anything, uh, any tips for beginners out there?
2: Yeah, there's a few. I mean, I always tell people this, um, I I don't find trends to be valuable. I think a lot of people end up going down the path of uh, of seeing meaningless trends, especially of it, like team is seven and one in their last eight games on a Tuesday and stuff like that. And they fall in love with this stuff for no reason. So I would say past trends are not a great predictor of future success. And what I always tell people um, is try to set your own numbers on games before you actually look at the book's numbers. Okay. I think this is where a lot of people just, they miss the mark in betting on sports. They fall in love with something before they even know what the number on the game is. I hear it all the time. I can't wait to bet against this team next time they play, or I can't wait to bet on them next time they play. Well, you need to know what number you're betting against them at or what number you're betting on them at um, in order to to say something like that. Uh, So that, that's the difference between a recreational better and a professional better Mm -hmm. is being able to separate those two things. So, I, I I always recommend to people who are starting out, even if you don't have a model or anything, try to get into the habit of making your own numbers on the games okay. before you look at what the sportsbook is offering and then try to bet your edges and track them and see how that goes for you.
0: Okay. You heard it. You heard it from the pro, the expert. Rob, thanks a bunch for jumping on. I uh, really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. All
0: right. Talk to you soon.
2: All right. Have a good one. Yeah,
1: he wanna lay the hands on me. Yeah. But oh, he should see the way she dance on me. Yeah. Wishing I ain't had no pants on me.